Thanks for listening to the Life Church Weekly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Borg. For any other messages or other resources, please visit us at lcboise.com. Go ahead and get that out. Fire up your Bible apps. How many got a new device for Christmas? Download the Bible on that thing. First things first. Get the Bible on that. Open up those Bible apps and uh, go with me to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. I want to remind you that next Sunday uh, I, we're going to start a, a new series, new message uh, called The Deciding Factor. All right? The Deciding Factor. Are you going to make any decisions this year? Uh, I imagine so. And uh, the, the Lord is going to help us to do things His way and to do things right, and, and we'll succeed when we do. Uh, so I want to share with you today a, a little bit more on a series I've been in for a couple months called Authorized. And I have a lot to say. So everybody in faith today, believe in God with me. Come on, we've got to get the right thing out in just a limited amount of time. But Authorized, if you missed any of the previous parts of this series... They're all available to you for free, online, video, audio, uh, whatever you want, and, and it'll help you tremendously because this is an area that the enemy has lied to a lot of people in. And I understand it because if you were defeated, if you have been stripped of your power, if you had been deauthorized to rule and reign over people's lives, you certainly wouldn't, wouldn't want anybody to know about that. And that's the sham he's pulled over uh, so many minds in our day and so many Christians. They think when stuff happens to them and bad stuff happens that there's nothing they can do about it. That, uh, you know, they believe this, this line that, that, that God's in charge of all that stuff and he's letting it happen or not letting it happen. And again, that's a lie of the devil to keep people in a passive mode and ineffective in their, in their opposition and they allow and accept things to, that happen in their life that they don't need to. And, uh, and so when we understand delegated authority, how God has placed us in charge in our own lives in this earth, then we live differently. We carry ourselves differently. We speak with a greater boldness and a greater influence and authority. huh? But we've got to know what belongs to us. We've, we, it's necessary to understand what the Lord expects of us. And quite frankly, that is what the... The position is now, once we have the knowledge of this transferred authority, in other words, the right to use his name, then it becomes expected of us that we would do so, all right? Ignorance or claiming ignorance does not get us off the hook. It really puts our lives in danger. All right, But we've been given knowledge and revelation and understanding of His victory that is in force in our lives. And then we must do something with that authority. And that's what I want to, what I want to focus on today. And, and as, I, as I teach this, uh, you know, I'm going to tweak some minds. I'm going to cause some of you to go tilt, tilt, tilt. And, uh, and if that's the case, just sit there quiet as you can so no one else knows what's happening. And, uh, but listen, it'll be a challenge for someone to accept what I'm going to say. All right? Everybody ready? I'm going to tell you anyway. And I want you to judge it by the word. 
All right, I want you to always go back to the Word. But go with me, you're, you're probably already there in Luke chapter 8. Uh, because we must rise up and use this authority that's been given to us. Uh, let's use this example, Luke chapter 8, verse 22. It reads, Now it happened on a certain day that he, he being Jesus, got into a boat with his disciples. And, and he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed... He fell asleep. Does anybody know why Jesus fell asleep there? That's because he was tired. That's a revelation, huh? Ministry is work. Jesus was tired and he was functioning as a human being, not as God. God doesn't get tired, but when God takes on flesh and becomes a man, he gets tired. By the way, if you stayed up really late last night... Rub your feet on a carpet. All right. No, no, this is not giving you permission to doze. All right. Uh, He fell asleep and a windstorm came down on the lake and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. Everybody say jeopardy. You know what jeopardy means? That means you're in trouble. Okay, this is no small situation. This is no light deal here. This here are not just words filling a page. They were in trouble. What do you mean they're in trouble? Some of these guys were experienced fishermen. They knew what it meant to be out on this, uh, on the water. And this is not just a, you know, hey, there's a good swift breeze coming along here today. Could mess our hair up. Uh, you know, could blow some things around in the boat. No, these waves were very likely, the, the swell was very likely huge. Because the boat is filling, they are in trouble. It's not fake trouble. It's not figurative. They're really in trouble. Okay, they are in jeopardy. Verse 24, and they came to him and woke him up and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. What does that mean? (laughs) Dying. We are dying. All right. Now, stop for a moment here before we... Do they know what they're talking about? Yes. It's not... Yes, they're freaking out and they shouldn't be. I understand that. But was there, naturally speaking, were they in danger of losing their life? Yes. Yes. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water... And they ceased, and there was a calm. Verse 25, but he said to them, where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, who can this be? He, for he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. What, what obeys him? Winds and water obey him. Now, I want you to consider for a moment... And think this through and not just gloss over it. Scripture very clearly says that their lives were in jeopardy. They were in trouble. They were in danger. All right? Uh, And again, they knew what they were talking about when, when saying that. That was a literal fact. That they were in in danger. They were in trouble. Who in particular was in trouble? Well... Just the people that were in the boat. Who was in the boat? Well, that would be the disciples and, and, and Jesus. 
So who was in trouble? The disciples were in trouble. And Jesus was in trouble. I said, no, Jesus could not have been in trouble. Jesus would never. No. Jesus was in trouble. Jesus was in jeopardy. The disciples were in jeopardy. Their lives were on the line right there. So not, certainly not Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Jesus. So how could Jesus be in trouble? Because he was in a physical body like us. And he needed to breathe. And boats that are filled with water and capsized in, in the middle of a massive storm are in trouble. Told you I was going to do this to you. Jesus was in trouble. The disciples were in trouble. It was not figurative. So how do you know that? How do you know that Jesus was in trouble? Because Jesus awoke and he spoke to the wind and the waves, the water. You know, they obeyed him. Why did he do that? Because he had to. Because they were real. They were a real and present danger to all of them. Some said, well, Jesus didn't have to do that. He would have been fine. Then why did he do it? Why would Jesus do something unnecessary and by doing so basically confuse us in the matter thinking that storms are actually dangerous and they need to be dealt with? Some would, some have thought this way, as long as Jesus is in your boat, everything's going to be fine. And the correlation to our lives when we use storms in a figurative sense, uh, we say as long as Jesus is in your life, Jesus is in your, then everything's going to be fine in your life because he's there. Not so. Not the case. If that were the case, then they weren't in jeopardy because Jesus was with them all along. They weren't in trouble. There was no problem there. Hallelujah. What's the point? Jesus being in your life and being with you is a wonderful thing. But there is still a requirement, a necessity that someone who has been authorized by God to use that name, still stand up and speak against the wind and the water. In other words, when an individual is attacked, when storms, again, literal or, uh, or figurative, when storms come against someone, they cannot just sit back and say, well, uh, I just, I'm going to leave this in the hands of God. It's not in his hands. It's in your control. Someone must stand up and speak to the storm. Someone must tell it to be still. And if it is not spoken to and dealt with by the person who has Jesus in their life, then that person with Jesus in their life is still in jeopardy. They are still in trouble. Do you see this? It's one thing to have the authority. It's another thing to use it. There are a whole lot of people, believers, who have been taught. They have been, uh, uh, you know, schooled in, these, in this line of thinking, in this way of believing. But then storms come against their life and they throw up their hands and say, help. 
Why is this happening? What is going on here? Instead, they should be rising up. There should be something stirring from their their innermost being that says, Oh, no, we're not going to do this. This is not happening in my home and in my family and in my finances and in my business. I will not submit to this oppression and this attack. I am not having this in Jesus' name. And we stand up and start to do some rebuking. We do some calming. We do some speaking to these situations. And until that happens in the believer's life, they can say all day long, Oh, I'm just leaving this in the hands of God. But I'm telling you, it's not in His hands. This is the reason He delegated it to us. Well, someone said, Oh, I just believe if it's the Lord's will for, for, for that boat to make it to the other side, then it automatically just will. If the Lord wills for me to be in a certain place and have certain success, then He will just make that happen. If I read this right, Jesus already said, Let us cross over to the other side. That was the will of God. Sometimes in doing the will of God, in between here and there is an attack. Sometimes when you go to do the will of God, the will of God isn't automatically done. Part of God's plan is that you will be enabled to stand against those things that try to stop you from reaching the other side. Does that make sense? If you read this whole story, you find out the other side of the lake had this dude living there called the madman of Gadara. He was full of demons. He was naked and living in the tombs. He was, a, he was a mess and he was a demonic stronghold. You can see why the enemy would try to stir up a problem and try to keep them from ever getting over there and cleaning up that house. Hmm? You may not always know what's coming up. I don't know if they all knew. Jesus may have known this. He may not have known this. But they're heading to the other side of the lake. And there's something that God wants to do in your life. But in the middle of it, you need to know what your authority is. In the middle of it, we cannot allow ourselves to freak out and, 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 you know, and live in fear and be afraid and let these storms overtake us. We must know what we have because we're never going to get to the fulfillment of God's will and His plan and His best for our lives unless we have standing power in the middle of it. Unless we have rebuking authority within us that will say, I am not going to let anything stop me, anything come against me, or dominate my life and my family. Hallelujah. We've got to get this God allowed it mentality out of our thinking. Amen. Implying that he had some sort of purpose in allowing bad things to happen. You see how a lot of people would do that with this storm? Why is the Lord allowing this? Bam! You know, waves. Why is the Lord allowing this to happen to us? We'll just submit to whatever God's will is. Ah! Blah! No submit. That's not the will of God. You don't interpret the will of God by a wave, by the wind, by an attack. You determine it by what thus saith the Lord. And when he says it, you stand, you stand up and, and, and enforce that. Now, this is interesting to me how, how the disciples, you know, they were in fear. They were afraid. Uh, and Jesus got on their case about that. And you know, Jesus is pretty nice. I mean, he's a very nice guy. He is love personified, love in the flesh. But he still got on their case for the way they were acting in this situation. Almost acted like you guys should have known what to do. 
Why would he think that? It must have been that he had already told them. It must have been that he had modeled this. That they had had these discussions. Do you know it's possible to hear something and not get it? (laughs) Doesn't mean we weren't supposed to get it. But how many times did Jesus talk to his disciples about him going to the cross? And when it happened, they were like, what is going on? How many times did he talk to them about being raised from the dead on the third day? And yet, when it happened, they're all standing around in unbelief. I don't believe it. No, Thomas says, I'm going to have to stick my hand in his side. And he told them again and again. It's possible for us to hear things and not get it. But let's, I tell you, we need, we need, we need to get this. Let me give you a couple examples. Uh, Matthew 10, 1. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. He had already given them authority. He expected them to use it. And I think this storm was a demonic attack, personally. It was was something the enemy was throwing at them to try to stop them. They had authority over that. In, In Luke chapter 10 and verse 19, it reads, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. How many things? Nothing. See what ought the, and I, by the way, I know that ver, that chapter takes place after the story that we read, but I see by Jesus' expectation that he must have given them information, otherwise he couldn't have been on their case. Guys, what are you doing here? Why are you afraid? Uh, storm, <laughs> life-threatening storm. I mean, would have been justified unless you were given information that said you are not to fear these kind of things. That actually you can do something about them. And, and, and so this is the attitude that Jesus had. It's what he taught his disciples. But the point is, is there is a necessity for you and, and I in our lives to stand up and resist. We must do it. It's not about, well, I'm turning it over to the Lord. No, 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 no. He turned it over to you. Now use his name. Now speak his word. Now take a stand and resist the enemy's attacks and offenses against your life. Amen. Jesus had this attitude concerning his own, his own life. Let me read to you John, uh, John 10 and verse 18, Amplified Bible. Jesus said concerning his own life, he said, no one takes it away from me. You say, well, the Jews, they killed Jesus or the Romans, whatever. They killed Jesus. No, no. He said, no one takes it from me. On the contrary, I lay it down voluntarily. I, I put it from myself. I am authorized and have power to lay it down, to resign it. And I am authorized and have power to take it back again. These are the instructions, orders, which I have received as my charge from my Father. So, you can see how Jesus carried himself he was not intimidated by such storms or people or whatever he said no this is up to me okay we're to learn from this the only difference is we're not going to a cross we're not being the savior but jesus walked with great authority one day uh you know uh, these people tried to kill jesus they carried him to the brow of a cliff huh and they, they were about to throw him off. They were upset with his teaching. 
things that he was saying, you know, healing people and all that mean stuff that he was doing. <laughs> uh, and they were going to throw him off the cliff. You know what the scripture says he did? He walked right through the middle of them. So they grabbed him, forced him, carried him all the way up to this cliff, or about to throw him off, and he just walks right through the middle of them. Walks right out of there. How does that happen? I'm, it's not by a natural resistance. You know, he spocked a couple of them and, you know, took, took them out in different ways and he went out of there. This is him activating and walking in the glory of God. You remember when he was, uh, when he was betrayed, he was about to go to the cross. They were arresting him. They were looking, uh, they asked him if he was uh, Jesus and he said, I am. When he said this, all of them went, all the soldiers, all the all the, that came to arrest him, they all just fell backward on the ground. What's going on there? Now, I tell you, there's great grace. And what, what's happening is he is giving his life voluntarily. No one's taking it from him. But that same attitude and authority needs to be in his children. Needs to be in every believer. No, I will not be taken out. God did not put me here to die in a storm. Did not put me here to die by disease. The Lord did not call me to... No, I am His authorized representative in the earth and I will declare His name and He will stand with me and back me and we will accomplish great things in this life. So I'm going to heaven, that's not an issue. You're a believer, you're born again, you're going to heaven, that's not an issue. It's here and now that we need to recognize and then put to use this authority that's been delegated to us. Huh? Instead of living in fear or subject to all the things of this earth and every, every demon that's been defeated already, it's time for us to rise up. Um, listen, the potential of our lives is so much greater than we realize. It's so much more. But we think, I can't. Ah, I don't know. what. I'm not God. I can't do anything. I know, but you have God in you. And you have that name to use. So what do we have authority over? Well, the examples and, and what the scriptures... We have authority over sickness and disease, over unclean spirits and other demon spirits too. We have authority over all the power of the enemy. We have authority over sin and poverty and mental oppression and depression. Uh, we have authority over deadly storms and fig trees. And I don't think that list is exhaustive. The things that God has invested in us allow us to live not subject to the elements of this world, but back to Genesis 1, to have dominion over everything that creeps on the earth. And so, these are the things we have authority over. What about stuff that we don't? Is there anything that's outside of our, our scope? Meaning, we're not supposed to do that. We're, we're not allowed to do that. We're not capable of doing it. I believe there is. There is limitation um, as far as what we can do. The truth of the matter is, is even God is limited in our lives to a degree. And that's because of Him creating us with a free will and ability to choose and, and so forth. But we do have limitations when it comes to others. Uh, let me show you this verse over here in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 
Corinthians chapter 1. Notice over here verse 24, Paul writing to this church. He writes, not that we have dominion over your faith, but our fellow workers for your joy, for by faith you stand. Is there a limitation in my life as to the dominion or authority that I can exercise? Well, there is. It comes, it comes down to, to other people. Well, what can I do for someone else who wants to yield to the devil? I can try to talk them out of it. I can pray, Lord, open their eyes. I can do some things. But can I force someone else to submit their life to God and resist the devil? No. I do not have absolute authority in someone else's life and, uh, you know, what's happening and what's, what's attacking them. But what I want to do is, as Paul said, I want to be a fellow worker for your joy. Or some translations just say a helper. I want to help a person's joy. If I can keep a smile on your face, uh, we, can get, we can go a long ways together. What do you mean? In the face of storm, in the face of trouble, in the face of opposition. Ha ha ha. Still got the joy of the Lord in my heart, and it is my strength. And if I can keep you happy, <laughs> keep you stirred up with joy, you'll have the strength to overcome any circumstance and situation that comes against you. But it's when a person gets depressed and they're down and they're weak, that's when, you know, a lot of people pass away early because they lose the will to live. They really do. And if you can keep someone with joy, joy is a manifestation of faith. And I believe God. I trust Him. And so they'll have the, the gumption to stand up in the face of a storm and say, absolutely not. We're not going to have this. I'm not going to allow this to take us out and take our ship down. Uh, peace to this situation. I declare it and I command it and I demand it in Jesus' name. Yeah. See, this is a, this is a different way way of thinking but Paul said we can't we can't do we can't just make you do stuff we can't we don't have dominion over your faith it's by your faith that you stand see as much as I I I can get a revelation of this and operate in it and function in it for my own life how many know ultimately every believer needs to get it for themselves I, I can I can help a person I can believe with them. I can rebuke and bind and so forth with them. But how many know to some, at some point, everybody has to stand on their own two feet. You need to know that name for yourself. You need to be able to speak that name concerning your own life and your family and what comes into your home. And when you get it and you take a stand, I tell you, now we're on the same page. Now, now, now God is at work. So well, I'm trusting God for protection in my family. I am too. I love that. You know how, how it often manifests? Is you speaking to the storm. I just believe nothing's going to come against me. Well, that's not a correct belief. That's not, where, where did you believe nothing can come against you? Stuff will come against you. The question is, what will you do when it happens? I believe the Lord will take it away. He won't. He wants you to rebuke it. Huh? He doesn't want it to be there. I'm telling you, this is how the protection of God is often manifest in an individual's life. They are attacked and they stand up and say, no, I'll not yield to that temptation. I'll not give place to that sin. I'll not give place to that disease. I'll not give place to this oppression and this poverty, this financial. No, I'm not going to have it in Jesus' name. See, we have to do that. 
Come on, say it out loud. I have to. I have to. This is necessary for the belief. You must participate with God. He is not alone doing it to us. He is working in us, doing it through us. And when it comes through us, it sounds a lot like He's speaking. But it also sounds a lot like you. Because it's your voice and His Word. It's your stand, it's your faith, and it's His voice coming through you. Amen. You remember James chapter 4 and verse 7 reads, Resist the devil and he will flee from from you not from God he will flee from you when what when you resist when I resist the devil what if I don't resist he's sticking around he's setting up shop he's building a tree house <laughs> he's hanging out he's going to stay until I resist but here's this is, this is the limitation I, I guess uh, people ask me sometimes about their kids and about other people. What can I do? Uh, you know, definitely when, when your kids are real little, parents can absolutely exercise authority for them as they grow. And I can't put an exact age on it or draw a straight line. But as they grow, you want to involve them in this. You teach them. Because when they get it, now they stand for themselves. You stand with them? Absolutely. We bind and rebuke together? Yes, but they need, they come to a place where they stand. They believe God. They resist the devil. And that's essential. We cannot just force it. I mean, I would do that, wouldn't you? I, I would, I would take care of business in every person's life. Just like that. Then I'd head over to the hospital and clean it out. Amen. Wouldn't you? I mean, <laughs> I'd find the next one. I'd be busy for a while, but... I'd try to run, run by the rooms, be free, be free, be free, be free, you know, take care of business if I could. You'd do that if you could. That's not the way the Lord set it up. By whose faith do we stand? I stand by my faith. Even Jesus in his own ministry, there were times, of course, the whole multitude was healed, but he would preach to them. He'd put faith in them and they'd believe and receive. But other times, like he walked into that pool of Bethesda one day where there were all these porches full of sick people. I mean, it was a hospital. It was just a mess. And he walked in there and healed one guy and left. So why didn't he heal everybody? Well, he couldn't. By their faith, they stand. It wasn't just him imposing his will upon everyone. They They needed a sermon. And a lot of times that's what we need. Good teaching. I need understanding of God's ways and His kingdom. And then I believe too. And then I lay hold of this principle. And then when the waves start coming against my life, I stand up and say something. Hmm? Hallelujah. I hope I've messed with some of you at least a little bit today. Uh, I I, I really do want to stir you into into the Word and, and to seeking these things out and rising up and being who you are in Christ. Uh, there's always going to be spiritual babies around that we can help along the way but eventually we've all got to get to a place where we get it for ourselves and, and, and when it comes to these areas see authority is somewhat jurisdictional I have authority in my life my body my mind my possessions the things that I own and and so forth I don't necessarily have that ability to do something for everybody uh, you know my house my property Absolutely. Devil, you're not allowed there. Can I do that for someone else? If I get their cooperation and their agreement, I can probably help. 
but not ultimately and not, not with finality. Why? Because if they want problems and if they yield to problems and if they yield to fear and all this kind of stuff, that's their life. They have to get it. Um, so what about these storms? Can we change the weather? I can tell you this. If the intention of the Lord were that we as individuals would just be able to alter the weather, it would be 80 degrees out there right now. And you wouldn't even have to ask around to see who did it. It was me. (laughs) I totally did that. I used the name. And... uh, (laughs) Say, why do I say this? Well, sometimes we can get over into another ditch and we think, oh, we have authority over the weather, the wind and the waves, and we can control. I don't think that the Lord intended for us to be Holy Spirit weather men and, you know, where we're just changing the weather all over. This is an attack. This is something that's threatening their lives. And we speak up. I believe it was demonically inspired. I had multiple people, even after the first service, telling me we had the situation with a wedding and it was going to rain and we spoke to it and and it cleared out this spot and we had the wedding. I mean, multiple people are telling me of situations where they've done this kind of thing concerning their own life. I would add to it this. You have, if you're a believer, the Holy Spirit inside of you. And if you are starting to make plans for something and... Uh, you know, you've got this check inside. You've got him telling you, don't do that. That's not the right place. That's not the right day. That's not the right time. You don't override that and say, nope, in the name of Jesus, we're just going to do it. No, you're in odds with the Lord. He's helping. We were, it's the relationship with God. Say, if I'm having a picnic and, and, and it's going to rain, can I take care of that with the weather? Well, what do you think? I mean, this is your faith. If I want to have a picnic this afternoon and I want 80 degrees, see, I don't have faith for that. You know what I'm talking about? Do you? Have at it. I'm, 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 gonna, I'm showing up to your picnic. <laughs> at, at the same, so I want to follow the Lord at the same time if, you know, if, if you can believe that and, you know, I imagine in you know, the person who told me their wedding was saved. I believe that. Yeah, I totally believe that. I've seen things happen like that. I know situations where storms jump over people's property because they're believers. And they say, absolutely not. This tornado, this, this thing is not going to destroy me or my possessions. And whoop, totally, those kinds of stories are, are all over the place. Well, what would, what would you do if a deadly storm was coming at you or your property or possessions? This is what I'd do. No, absolutely not. We, I rebuke this in Jesus' name. I don't know that I have authority to fix it all over the place. On the other side of the country, for example, where I don't, you know, I'm not involved there. I think those people need to do that. You know what I'm saying? I think they need to believe. I wish I could stop every hurricane and typhoon all around the planet and every earthquake. I don't see that I have that authority. I have the ability in those situations to pray and to pray in the Spirit. Pray, get unction and praying in other tongues and so forth, praying by the Spirit to change things. But I don't have absolute authority in someone else's situation. But when it comes to my life, that's when I'm going to be bold. 
That's when I'm going to say, absolutely not. I resist this. I rebuke this. I, I, you know? Huh? And, and so, how, how far can we go? Again, work with the Lord. When in your own life, absolutely you can. What can we change? What circumstances can be altered? Uh, I think a lot more than we probably generally realize. Amen. But I would encourage you to take this thing out for a spin. Yeah. Live as if God is real. Live as if He is in you. As if when you speak and use His name, all of heaven goes to work to bring to pass those things that you say. Uh, But be led by the Spirit. Walk with God. Um, If He tells you not to do something, don't rebuke it. Say, I'm doing it anyway. (laughs) You know, and the Lord tells you not to go on a trip and and, uh, all of a sudden you're in trouble. Well, I rebuke that trouble. No, that, that kind of situation is helped by you obeying Him. But if he didn't have a word, then absolutely rebuke and bind and, and claim God's protection in, in those areas. Uh, but learn to say no to things that attack you. We're, we're bombarded daily with messages of, of despair, of messages of disease. If you watch a 30-minute TV program, you probably saw 50 commercials on drugs that you need for your life. Right? It's like a sickness mentality has bombarded our brains. And we watch that and take it all in and think it doesn't matter. We, don't, we hardly read any word, but we stare at that stuff all day long. Ah, that affects us, you guys. I need to learn to say, nope, nope, not in my home, not in my house. Nope, not going to have that either. Mute. Thank you, Lord. Life is good. You're on my side. In me you do abide. You're faithful to the end, huh? Be mindful of the, of the blessings and the favor and the ability of God instead of everything that can go wrong. But when stuff comes against your life, learn to say, absolutely not, I'm not going to take that. I don't mean just think it. I don't mean just ponder those thoughts. Literally stand up and say, no. You must resist the devil. You must use that name. And he will flee from you. Amen. Father, thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and lives today. You're allowing us and enabling us to see and to know things. We hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you and have a blessed day.